0: Good evening. Going hokey with George Bresnahan. A Tuesday night, the first day of August. Um, I was thinking, you know, the Catholic Church, what do they do? They give people a path. They wouldn't call it to enlightenment, but they would call it uh, to Christ and let Jesus uh, do his thing when when the two meet or the community meets with Christ. And Joe Dispenza would say, uh, "What what is he doing? Uh, now, first he would agree with Wayne Dyer, who was helping people lead better lives, live better lives. Dispenza would agree with that and then Say more specifically, um, helping them to become new a new person. That's a phrase. He, when when he says it, he means um, where your frontal lobe is reprogrammed uh, to uh, continual or regular thoughts of your beautiful. Future that you have envisioned, rather than painful thoughts of your past, which you were, that you had programmed your your brain to uh, to do. So he's pointing to uh, the fruits of that change: happiness, healing, money, love. Yeah, health from healing. <laughs> yeah, a good life. Yeah, really good life. He said people don't want to go back to the old way. I mean, if you really have reprogrammed your brain, then you, you aren't addicted to you know bad feelings and bad thoughts anymore. You don't have any particular reason to, to go back to that. And, and people spend a whole week <coughs> in the Catholic world in the '70s and '80s, it was always, uh, you know, three full days, 72 hours spread over, you know, parts of four days, and that was a good time, a length of time for a retreat. After that, it got a little boring. Um, but with Dispensa, they're there for a whole week, and I don't know how he does it. You know, it, it's a thousand to 1500. Can you imagine an extra 500 people beyond a thousand? I mean. Like, it doesn't matter with him if it's a 1,000 or 1,500. It, you know, people, difficult times create great human beings, said someone in Guanajuato who helped them with uh, uh, a dam and a reservoir to avoid future flooding and drought. Difficult times create great human beings. And people in their 20s and 30s and 40s and beyond, are choosing to grow personally. Perhaps as a response to the, the difficult nature of these times, which um, to an extent are, are difficult. But that's something I'm working on, is... Um, Are are these difficult times or aren't they? Because you look at the Gospels, and and those were difficult times. The Roman army was occupying Israel, and they did not mess around. And you hardly pick up a sense of oppression, certainly not as a dominant uh, vibe going through the four Gospels or even Acts the Apostles. No, it's, it's life itself, uh, like hunky-dory, um, you know, the 70s, you know, all over <laughs> again. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I actually, as I walked around the track tonight, when I actually looked at this tree, I had to congratulate the tree on looking pretty good. And there's a full moon. Now, I did think, it did occur to me, why would God arrange it that something natural would cause humans to suffer in any way? Now, of course, earthquakes and tidal waves come to mind, but I'm talking about the full moon pulling on us and giving us emotional Tumult. Why in heaven's name would that happen? And women, the moon pulls on them, and, and Uranus, the planet, pulls on people when they're 40 and gives a, a few of the men heart attacks that are hard to survive. Why would that be a part of the greater plan of things, the design of things? But I'm not here to complain to God tonight. I was planning on complaining to Ronald Reagan. We'll see later on if we... But, um, yeah, these are, are good times and, and in a good place. Now, people who live away from here say this is not a good place right now at, at this time. We who live here know better, but we've accepted some things that haven't really dropped in our laps you know we we aren't suffering directly from uh, a crime wave Um, but I guess we are where indirect is direct Um, my point is it seems wise to look for the good and celebrate it. I mean, what, a couple weeks ago, God spoke to me through a little girl, I love you, and she said it in English, and I'm here in the middle of Mexico. And I took it as a sign, uh, that as, as um, God speaking. I mean, God speaks through little children, through crazy people, uh, you know, those who, can be in touch with God, can hear God speaking. Imagine crazy uh, people have an easier time of hearing the voice of God. So I want to write a book. I, I'm dillying and dallying, but I'm, I'm kind of getting going here. I'm wanting to sum up these last, these first 600 Podcast recordings with um, a summary, yeah, of a message to my fellow Americans, uh, pointing the way a way toward um, a greater happiness and greater harmony as a as a nation by seeing each other differently and and seeing our neighbors to the south differently. I'm I'm um, providing a, a vision of, of greater harmony for for this region called North America which in a practical sense has to include probably uh, Colombia and Venezuela because i just met someone from Colombia at the our version of 711 the other day lots of Venezuelans who decided uh, as of a few months ago that they've had enough uh, of a, an economic system that uh, really is not working Nicolás Maduro really needs to step down as do the the members of their congress that are devoted to this Hugo Chávez who has passed away to his principles it's not working for the country and there's no reason to drag the country through suffering anymore Hmm. so I continue to get caught up in the past, in pain. pain, uh, as Dispenza would call it, um, romancing the past. And, uh, it's a, a waste of time and, and I really have programmed. I like what this Tibetan doctor said to me. He said, you know, you're 65, you have a lot of life experience. And he left that phrase hanging, like, hey, This matters. You have a wealth of experience to draw from. Necessarily so because you're 65. And it doesn't look like you've spent the whole time in a cave alone, that you've interacted with people. (laughs) Of course, if you do, if I did spend, if I had spent the last 65 years in a cave, maybe I'd be a meditation. You know master monster guru uh, it could be good i mean francis spent his last couple years in a cave because his eyes couldn't stand the sunlight and and because he really did have a palpable relationship with jesus he earned it and so jesus would show up for him uh, i love that story uh, Francis, in his last year of life, he went to this cave in the morning and told his assistant, don't come and interrupt me for any reason. Well, there were these two teenage brothers who showed up. And the cave was way up on the side of a hill, of a kind of a cliff, I guess. And uh, these two were down there at the bottom. They came from somewhere else, and, and they wanted to have some interaction with Francis. He was already famous. He was a a saint in the eyes of the central Italy region that knew him. And his assistant would not break uh, Francis's uh, request. And so the young boy, these young men, they stood there and sat there and stood there and sat there. And it became late afternoon. And f- they, uh, Gave up and walked. Started walking away, and that was when uh, Francis walked out. And uh, the assistant mumbled something to him, and he looked around and he he surmised and he, he understood what what had just happened. You know that they had spent the whole day waiting for him. So the assistant yelled out to the boys, "Hey!" And he pointed to Francis, standing there at the entrance to the cave. And Francis, they turned around and they saw Francis. And Francis took his hand, his arm, and he made a huge, giant sign of the cross in, in in the air. And the boys were just filled with enthusiasm. And they ran off. I've told that story so many times It's still, just still, all it takes is a, you know, five seconds. Archbishop Romero, when he was in his last months of life, gave a, a homily to a mass that lasted a minute or two, but it was recorded and... And the people clapped at the end. You know, when there's authenticity, you don't even need to talk very long. My buddy told me to talk in these podcasts for 15 minutes, so I hope you don't find it too long. But Francis, you know, he's 800 years old. But he's as perennial as the grass. He's young, like springtime in America. Who said that? Well, I won't give uh, Ronald Reagan his um, raking over the coals like he deserves. I say he deserves, I guess no one deserves a raking over the coals. Sure, uh, any anyone who occupies the White House for eight years and and uh, misses uh, the ball, drops the ball so many times, uh, deserves some. Um, To be called on it and you know what it's not to punish him it's it's for us now it's for the young people it's for the future you know you made these mistakes mr reagan and this is the result 40 years later 30 years later this is the result and it's for our young people to hear you know let's not make those mistakes in the future. Let's correct these mistakes that he made, particularly that the people around him made. All right, it's a beautiful thing, huh? (sighs) Yeah, the reason sensitive people have a right to speak is because even though they get blown, we get blown by every wind, People up close, think, good Lord, get your feet on the ground and be shut up until you do. The reason the Senate said people have the right to speak is because we we see things and we think about them because we care, and this is what we do. We are this is what we do with their lives. This is what we have to offer is our art our our observations in some palatable way thank you good night